Hello, my name is Claire Sun, and I work in the Hong Kong office of Stevenson Howard. Stevenson Howard is an international law firm, and I work there with Syndico and Richard Wilmot. They both specialize in resolving commercial disputes. The case they are now going to discuss in their telephone call is entirely made up, and involves a long-term but imaginary client called Mr. Law, who is the proprietor of Foxy Investment Limited, a Hong Kong trading company. Their discussion and all the material in this podcast has been prepared by our firm for the purpose of information only, and while it does reflect the present state of the law in April 2020, it does not constitute any specific legal advice. I hope you enjoy listening in on their conversation. Hi, Richard. Good morning. This is Cindy speaking. Hi, Cindy. How can I help? Richard, I received a call from one of our clients, Mr. Law of Foxy Investments. He said that he has a problem with one of his trading contracts. Yes, I recall this case a little. Foxy Investments are involved in a trade of a commodity with a seller based in Singapore. Are they called speckled hen resources? Yes, that's the case. So, if you recall, Foxy Investments had bought some cargo from speckled hen resources. As buyer, Foxy Investments procured the issuance of a letter of credit in favour of the seller. As seller, Specklehands Resources were to present documents to the bank to obtain payment under the letter of credit. At that time, Specklehands Resources presented certain documents to the bank and did in fact obtain payment. One of the documents they presented was a certificate of origin as to the cargo that was issued by a local authority. However, Mr. Law says that based on information that has now become known to Foxy Investments, it turns out that the certificate was not in fact a genuine document because it was signed by a person who did not actually work at the authority. Foxy Investments experienced problems with the on-sale of the cargo after it arrived at the destination. Specifically, Foxy Investments does need to be able to prove the origin of the cargo. Well, given that payment has already been made under the letter of credit, Foxy Investments can't stop that anymore. And Mr. Law is looking for recourse under the sale contract with Speckled Hen Resources. And there is nothing expressed in the contract that says that documents presented to secure payment under the letter of credit must be genuine. So Mr. Law is now wondering how this might be resolved. In the absence of an express term, a term may be implied into a contract. Here, in relation to a sale contract where payment is by way of a letter of credit, that term would be that the documents presented in order to secure payment under the letter of credit must be genuine. If those documents were not genuine, there would then be a breach of that implied term, and Foxy Investments would enjoy recourse against speckled hen resources. As a general rule, not only will the courts enforce terms which were expressly agreed between the parties, but the courts may also enforce implied terms. In practice, the implied terms arise from terms implied by custom, terms implied by law, and other terms implied by the courts. Here, what Foxy Investments would need to imply is the term that documents presented to release payment must actually be genuine, or at least thought to be genuine. Now, such a term might be implied in custom, since letters of credit are so frequently used in relation to securing payment under international sales contract. Or, and more probably here, we would need an implied term from the courts. If we are to contend for a term to be implied by the courts. We will need to adopt the current approach, and that I think requires certain conditions to be satisfied before a term can be implied into a contract. 
Yes, five conditions must be satisfied before the courts will imply a term. Just quickly, these are that first, it must be reasonable and equitable. Second, the term must be necessary to give business efficacy to the contract. Third, the term must be so obvious that it goes without saying. Fourth, the term must be capable of clear expression. And finally, the term must not contradict any express term of the contract. Well, in this case, I think there is no issue with the last two conditions, with the term being capable of clear expression and that it does not contradict any express term of the contract. Yes, I think we can match both of those conditions. The wording of the implied term could clearly be expressed here as that the documents presented to obtain payment must be authentic. I really cannot see there being any term in the contract that would contradict that implied term. For instance, a term that said that documents like the certificate of origin need not be authentic. But we might need to consider the first three conditions. Oh yes, and going back to the first condition, it is that the term must be reasonable and equitable. This question is not concerned with what the actual parties might think or might have thought, but requires us to consider what a notional, reasonable person would regard as reasonable and equitable in these circumstances. I think this condition can be satisfied in this case, given the context and setting of the commodities trading world. There, the sale documentation is as important as the physical goods themselves. So, traders in the same position as Foxy Investments and Speckled Hen Resources would regard such an implied term as reasonable. Yes, I agree. And the second condition is that the term to be implied must be necessary to give business efficacy to the contract. And so if a contract will be effective without such a term, then that term will not be implied into the contract. Yes, it's insufficient for the term to appear fair, or that the parties would have agreed it if it had been suggested to them at the time. So, a term should only be implied if, without that term, the contract would lack commercial or practical coherence. Just like the first condition, in the commodities trading world, this contract would not be commercially workable if it did not have an implied term that sale documents presented should be authentic. So I think that an implied term would satisfy the business efficacy test. What's the third condition, please? The third condition is that the term to be implied must be so obvious that it goes without saying. And in law, we refer to this as the officious bystander test. In detail, that officious bystander test is this. Would a reasonable reader considering all the expressed terms, the circumstances at the time of the contract's execution, and applying commercial common sense, consider that the proposed implied term was so obvious that it would go without saying. This obviousness test does often overlap with the business necessity test, which is the second test. And usually where one test is satisfied, then so too is the other. I think in the commodities trading world, it would go without saying that parties would deal on the basis that sale documents presented are authentic. So the term to be implied here would satisfy this officious bystander test. Well, Richard, having gone through all the five conditions, I think we may be able to imply a term in this case. However, we should highlight to Mr Law that implied terms is a shifting area of law. And generally, the recent authorities reinforce the position that the test for implying terms is narrow and more complicated than it seems. The courts recognise that implying terms into a contract is potentially intrusive and therefore the law imposes strict constraints. Yes, 
And although it's tempting to rely on the benefit of hindsight and to try to fix up a contract, that temptation must be resisted. What we will need to explain to Mr Law is that the objective test of the reasonable reader must be preferred to the party's actual intentions. Where we need to head here is, would a reasonable reader, reflecting on the circumstances that prevailed at the time that the contract was executed, consider that a term should be implied such that both parties to a contract involving payment by use of letters of credit would rely only on documents which were known or believed to be genuine. I think that such a reader would do so here, and as a consequence, Foxy Investments Limited can assert such an implied term. Okay, thanks Richard. I'll prepare an advice to Mr Law on this basis then. Thanks Cindy. I think we'll need this as this matter could go into a dispute, as it seems that speckled-down resources are already being quite difficult. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. There will be a further Legal Listeners podcast soon, next time on the issue of mediation and remote mediation. I hope you can join me in listening in on that conversation. Goodbye for now.